Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, guys, welcome in. Celtics post-game uh, report, final preseason game. The Garden Report. Jimmy, Bobby, yikes. Joey. Tommy, Ricky, Frankie, yeah. Ricky, Daniel, I got our family over here from Boston, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky, Bobby. Um, so, without hyperbole, and, and uh, Bobby and I were talking about this prior to the game. I think it's very safe to say there's not one positive thing you could say about tonight. I guess I the only Jeff, thing is I can only go up from here. There's no, nothing worse than that. Looked okay. Just Tegan in in of. Uh, Portions of Tatum, I'd say. But yeah. What with- portions? Well, I want to get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. Sorry, sorry. I said I wasn't going to get angry. He's attacking the rim. I think he only complained once to the referee. That's not bad. Preseason numbers, that's not bad. Uh, all right. This was and gross. That was- uh, for multiple reasons. So you get everybody's first impressions. What's... Uh, First of all, the shooting is the shooting. Atrocious. Nobody's going to the basket. When they are trying to go to the basket, they can't get there. Uh, just brick after brick after brick. Uh, and again, when Tatum and Jalen aren't knocking, the, the absence of shooting on this team, and if this team is going to rely on shooting, is the scariest thing by far to me. That if this is who they are, a team that's just going to fire it up there and they can't shoot, oh, man, are we in trouble. Yeah. We're in big trouble. Especially when you have open shots. Like, how many times do these guys get open looks? Especially Jalen Brown. It seemed like essentially they were like, let's see if Jalen can actually shoot at a high level against us. And they sort of gave him that space, right? But then what did he do? He did the good thing. He did the right thing. He, he attacked the rim early on. But then when they adjusted, when they locked down defensively, the Celtics were beside themselves. I, I personally thought the Celtics not only lacked the continuity that they needed to, to produce offense as a whole. I mean, Jason Tatum had to stay out there with the second unit because it was so bad. But also, I thought they lacked confidence. I mean, the front rimming, I'm sure some people will say, oh, that's just fatigue. But did they even look confident out there? Did Marcus Smart even look that confident for, for, for Marcus Smart? You know, someone heading into, you know, how many years he's been in the league now? And and I, I was a little I was a little thrown off a bit by Marcus today, especially uh, 
offensively. I know he started ice oh, cold, covered off really ice cold, but I thought he was trying to, you know, at least put some more effort into it. But it seemed like he was like, you know what, guys, I'm not feeling it tonight. I'm checking out, you know, and I'm just going to keep playing defense because I got nothing on the offense. So this was, I guess you could say, my biggest fear um, for the Celtics. And I think John's probably his biggest fear, too, is that the kemba overcompensating smart Celtics. And I think that's kind of what you got from the start tonight. It was like Marcus Smart was not shy at all putting up some of those three-pointers. I think he was one for six. Uh, I don't know if he finished one for six, but I think I saw him for at that for at one point. And these were some pretty bad misses. And, yeah, I mean, when you miss open shots, I'm not really worried about missing open shots. I don't think Brad Stevens is either. I mean, he'll be the first one to say, you know, we got the looks, but they just didn't fall. It happens. But when you start just chucking shots and it's to the point where, like, nobody on the team is really feeling it. So you don't have enough, like, offensive help right now to, like, get over those shooting slumps. Like if, like we said, if Jason Tatum isn't giving you 25-30 a night and Jalen Brown's not giving you 20-25 a night, like, you're screwed. Like, there's just not enough firepower on this team to carry the, you know, the 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 – lulls in the in the in the offense throughout the game so it was pretty troubling to watch from the start and i'll tell you what the brooklyn nets are real i've seen enough there we go <laughs> i told you i tried to tell you guys about this team they are a monster uh, one to 15 almost like i even forgot timothy wawu cabarone was on the team and he was their best player in the bubble last year i forgot that's how you actually say his whole name <laughs> he he is a phenomenal bench player. Karis LeVert comes off their bench. Jeff Green comes in and yams it on Aaron Naismith. I gotta say did. that was the that was the biggest indignity of the entire night. Not only oh did he, man, good. welcome to the league, young fella. He, he kicked him right in the nuts and <laughs> and jammed it right in his face. Oh, and then Peyton Pritchard, Peyton Pritchard had his uh, rookie moment too. He got caught on Kevin Durant isolation a few times. So everybody just went out there and got their ass kicked tonight. So I look at that and say, you can't go any lower than what it looked like out there. But as Jimmy said, that Nets team, suddenly you start thinking of them as serious contenders because Kevin Durant goes out there and does what he did in that third quarter, 11 points, the efficiency on four or seven, uh, just tearing through the defense. At one point, he scored through five bench Celtics. Uh, that team is something to behold from how they look right now. Injuries, other things could affect them throughout the year. We all talked about chemistry concerns there. There could be a trade, but as they look right now, that team is incredible and you have to be concerned about the Celtics too. Like, you know, preseason doesn't mean everything, but it means something. That's the thing. See, here's where like you're going to get into the debate. People like us or other places might overreact some to what you've seen. Um and the the def the, the defense here is going to be okay, it's just the preseason, it doesn't mean anything. That's true. But what can also be true is nothing was good about anything that you saw tonight and it was on its own, a dog shit performance and deserves to be talked about as such. Doesn't mean it's not going to right. be, but the lack of effort, the terrible shooting, the horrible defense, uh, and then not even to get into the individual play for people, 
who you want to see take a leap. You just don't want to see Jalen Brown having guys just walk by him, you know, on defense. I don't like seeing Jason Tatum not able to turn the corner on anybody when he's trying to get to the basket, okay? I know he's a little bigger, but the defenders in front of him almost always, he is able to get his shot off a little bit better, but he's not getting around the corner on anybody. Shots are going to fall. That doesn't even bother me that much. Just nothing looks impressive at all. And then when you see the second unit, you know, that's the actual right. second unit. This is not an illusion, you know? Look at Brad. I mean, I know what he was. This is not a priest. This is not oh, just the preseason. This is actually it. That's your second. Right. And again, I know you're going to have Tristan Thompson and eventually Kemba comes back. But that's it. That's hey, it. That's, that's the, the team. troubling thing. Yeah. And when you look at the I, Nets, I, I mean, yeah. when you look at the Nets, I mean, Lavert coming off the bench, Shamit coming off the bench. Allen, who, I mean, he's probably your starting center on the Celtics. He's coming off the bench. I mean, these are these are good guys that add depth to the Nets. And when you look at the Celtics, like I said, they just don't ha- seem to have the depth. Nobody's carrying the load. When Marcus Smart gets into, his, gets into his shooting, you know, eyes on the prize, shooting all the time, that seems to slow everybody else down. I didn't think anyone stepped, to, stepped up tonight. I mean, like Joe Sway said, uh, Tatum showed some signs. He was driving to the hoop, looking aggressive at points. Looks like he's you know, put on a little bit of, of you know, muscle there um, in the short off season. Um, so I like what I see out of him. I'm not concerned about Tatum, obviously, but do the Celtics have enough to be a top tier team in the East? Now they have to contend with the Bucks. Looks like they're going to have to contend with the Nets. Um, are they at that level? And it's only been two preseason games. Obviously, you can't base it all on that. But when you're going down, just look roster, roster by roster, you have to wonder if this is just um, you know, it, it actually is indicative of how the season's going to go to an extent. Well, that's the thing. That's the worry. That's the worrisome thing. And again, we're joking about it a little. But one of the things we talked about prior to the game was, you know, Bobby's like, well, the, you know, you know, this team looks really good. Uh, you know, I'm like, right. well, every team looks really good. I'm afraid that's we're going to say that a lot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think we, <laughs> we all knew the Brooklyn Net where they stand, you know, in comparison to the Celtics right now. We know the Milwaukee Bucks are up there too. Like these teams are a cut above the rest, but the Celtics aren't in that group. I mean, that's the thing. I, but I don't they think, should be. They I, I should mean, be, Joe Sway. Yeah, but they should they should they? I mean, did they really address missing Gordon Hayward or losing him? I should say, did they really address Kemba but Walker? That's the thing. Kemba Walker's on his way back, but I mean, moving forward, are, what's going to happen without Kemba Walker? You have to figure this thing out. And to John's point about Jason Tatum. Brad Stevens has to find a way to get him going in the first quarter because I'm telling you right now, this will be a pattern throughout the season that's going to drive us crazy, and this is what is going to happen. They're going to get down by 15 points, 13, 12, 15 points in the first half, and they're going to try to call, crawl out of that hole, and they just do not have the second unit to pull it off. They don't. They don't. The second unit can stop the bleeding at certain points. I think that defensively they're strong enough to do that for the starters, but they're not going to put up points in a hurry. Jeff Teague is the only one that could put the ball on the floor. And put it this way, when Jeff T was doing that tonight, everyone stood there and looked at them, looked at him because they know they could never <laughs> that's do not that. good. <laughs> they could never do what Jeff T did tonight. I mean, that's why you saw Jason Tatum in that second unit. And that's why guys like him and, and, and Jalen Brown are gonna have to play closer to 40 minutes. But if they're not going, if you don't see their offense picking up in that first half, the Southerners are in trouble. This is a pattern that we'll continue to see at least in the first month of the season. 
So the genesis I see of everything that went wrong offensively tonight was the first few minutes of this game, and I've noticed this now a few times throughout these first few games, is Marcus Smart is starting these games off on the ball. And we talked about him all offseason. Does he deserve to move up to 37? Is he ready to step into the third position on this team? And it's not a good film so far for him. Some of the turnovers with him have been mindless. Uh, The first one in the Philadelphia game and the first one tonight were equally just like, what are you doing spinning around? on the perimeter and just throwing the ball to nowhere transition he's getting picked off this is a phenomenal passer and a usually good decision maker who's taking risks that are i guess preseason reaches maybe but they're more more concerning than that and yeah it's definitely a bit of laziness in his decision making and this is your most reliable ball handler he's a starter he's starting these games off on the ball and we look at the wings the way they run the pick and roll and everything else they're not ready to man the amount of ball time so when we look at the ball time on the team about a month in smart's going to be number one by far and how he does with that's going to dictate pretty much the whole offense this is this is didn't mean much in the grand scheme but you were just talking about marcus smart's decision making what was that pass at the end of the second quarter there was four the transition four, one yeah, yeah. No, I, no 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 from from the baseline from the baseline when yeah. he threw like a hail mary pass into like four defenders. It's like, dude, there's four and a half seconds left. Just inbound the ball and get down the court. You didn't have to throw it. Like, I mean, it was an immediate turnover. Luckily, I, they turned the Nets turned it over at the same time right after that. But I mean, it's just another example of like what what's going through your mind right now. Um, I have a crazy thought that I'm not going to bring up yet, but it may fix all the Celtics' offensive issues. Looking forward to it, man. It's not. <laughs> It's not Joe Sway level. Uh, <laughs> Start doing of, the calculations. Like, it's not Carson Edwards, but it's, it's close. It's not the last card. Hold on. Is it, it Emil Jefferson? It's too early for the no, last card. It, it's preseason. Come on. John, you tell me to hold on. No, go ahead. I want you to do it. I was just I was doing the Joe Sway calculations oh. thing. <laughs> Listen, Isaiah Thomas is still out there, folks. Isaiah oh, Thomas Lord. is still out there as a free agent. And I'm just saying. If you need some offensive boost and you want Marcus Smart coming off the bench more or you want some offense off the bench, it might be worth it might be worth an NBA version of a tryout to see what, what he can offer you. I mean, he's obviously familiar with the organization. The fans love him. Not that that matters that much. But, I mean, is he that beyond, is he that beyond repair that a team that may actually need some offensive help? It's just out of the question. You can't even bring it up. Like, is it that crazy? But they don't have a roster spot. That's the thing. Like, oh, not gonna... Don't tell me. Don't you know tell what? me they don't have a roster spot. Look at this I... roster. They have 12 roster spots. I'll tell you this. I don't think Danny should get on the phone tomorrow, but I think if the Kemba Walker, when once he's well, that's well, what we I'm reevaluate Kemba... him in January, if we're talking right. about another three-week setback, why not? Why not give they, the guy a tryout, you know? They, know? they know more about Kemba's eventual return than we do so maybe if he's back sooner than we all think then maybe that's not in the cards but if if we're looking at you know february march for kemba walker i mean right. what are we what are we going to be watching you know mid mid to late january what what type of team are we going to be looking at 
Well, you got to give them that ramp up period, and they're going to need it apparently. Like, they're going to need the first three weeks here to just get in the form and just get their heads on straight. I mean, the decision making in some of these games has been puzzling from the ball handlers. Yeah. I don't think Tatum's been that bad. I think, you know, John makes a good point that he's not getting around uh, the pick and roll as well as he should be and making the reads there it's with a, Rob Williams. Everything uh, is really deliberate with him. You know, like yeah. he's, go- he's going and he's almost like, I'm Jason Tatum. You know, like, I'm going to get there. And then all of a sudden, yeah. There's a guy right there every time. Well, what's surprising tonight, and I guess this is my one positive I've had a search for one tonight, is Jalen Brown actually looked decent in that role. And I started off the season saying, can this guy run a pick and roll? It hasn't been anything outstanding, but he is, you know, getting off the screen, finding Rob Williams on the lob, and actually getting himself some points in that regard. His night wasn't uh, too bad, I thought, tonight. 7 to 15, uh, 16 points. Now, it's, it's nothing outstanding. The three-point shooting wasn't there. But uh, he's showing a little something in that area. But again, we're picking at straws here offensively. I, like the none of the units are meshing together. Daniel Tice, I thought started this game all right with some of the starters, but then like he fouls out, so like everybody's just out of sorts here. Of course, he fouls out. I mean, this yeah. guy stepped foot in the court and had three fouls. Yeah, like, immediately. even Gorman is joking about it. He's like five <laughs> fouls in twelve minutes. That's <laughs> Oh, so man, Tyson, top man. to bottom, this roster isn't ready. I mean, right. Jeff Teague's closest. Joe Sway said it. He's providing a nice spark, 5 of 5 from 3 to start the year. So, like, right. he's giving you a little something. Maybe you mix him in with the starters and get smart off the ball. This Javante Green thing is, you know, I get what they were going for there, but I don't think it's going to last into the season. I don't know. You seem to be pretty bullish on him. I mean, he looks yeah. good, but, I like, he's not a ball handler, and that's what they need <laughs> yeah, I bet right you now. Feel that you want to try to want to make it back in the mix. Somebody in the comments says start Teague over Marcus. I, we talked about that prior to the season. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I do too, because he's not like gonna he's not gonna shoot you out of a game. And Marcus Smart is still very, very valuable coming off the bench. It's not trying to diminish Marcus Smart's value by any means, but maybe Marcus Smart leading that second unit is exactly what you need. It's a very weak second unit. You need a leader. You need a guy to set the tone and come in with a couple young guys and sort of run the show out there. So I don't hate that. I Not that Jeff, Ke- Jeff Teague can't do that, but he might be a better facilitator for the Tatum and Jalen Brown show in that first unit. And maybe Marcus Smart makes a nice transition uh, in coming, on, coming in with the bench guys. And he's still going to get 30-plus minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I, I give the starting lineup that they're running now a chance. Now, not necessarily green, uh, but again, like where else are you going to look there on the bench for something that they need right now? And what they need is facilitation. Teague's a guy you look at there. The turnovers are low through these first two games. I believe he only had one tonight. So that's good. That, that was my biggest concern with him was his high turnover rate from last season. And he looks, he looks spry. That Philadelphia game, especially like he was getting into the lane. He was making a nice floater there. Efficient again tonight in this one, I thought. Uh, so what are you going to do? Like, I don't think you're mixing up lineups like crazy to start this year, although you're going to have to experiment. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like, I just don't know what's going on with smart ball handling wise right now. I didn't expect it to look this sloppy, especially from him, a guy who had such an outstanding playoff stretch. It's only been a month and a half. So, like, what are you coming back looking so rusty, so out of sorts for? Like, I guess I would understand it from a Javante Green who had knee surgery and didn't really play in the bubble. But Smart's like, you know, he he just stopped playing and now he's picking up the ball again. And it looks like it's been nine months like the Cavaliers or something. 
Yeah, it's not looking good, Bobby. That's true. Again, that's, be the hair. That's the, right. I guess that's the thing where it's two, two, two games, so it's going to be hard to figure out. I just think the ugliness right. that you're seeing with the second unit can't fix itself. Um, after a, a pretty good game the first time through, Pritchard, I, I didn't even notice him out there. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot he existed. Neesmith, he got thrown into some bad switches against the yeah. Rand, and it was game over. Not good. Neesmith, uh, you know. Kyrie, too. When he wasn't getting kicked in the kicked in the ding ding, you know, like he was just he just looked out of sorts. He he got blown past a couple of times. He also got Durant on a switch on a little hesitation move there, and he went right so and good it. tonight. Um, that was gross too. Um, we didn't really talk about our boy though, um, and I don't even Harry, know what to, I don't even know to. what to do with him. All right, I'm gonna play the video while we're up play here. I, I don't even know what to do with this. I, here's what I'm gonna say about Kyrie: uh, he's boring. Okay, like this stuff is this this nonsense here. And then we're gonna put it up on the screen. There it is in the upper window. Oh wow! Whatever he's this doing, is a new save situation, huh? Yeah, I'm put, bringing it up there. It's it. freaking boring. Okay, whatever he's boring. doing, he's out there on the court. He's burning freaking sage. Like I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with I you, John. Listen. I'm not the thing about Ky- this, 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 this is so like on brand for Kyrie. This is like exactly the type of shit that he would do before a game uh, to draw, to draw, draw, draw some attention to himself, but then not want to talk. I don't know if he, if he's answered a question about it after the game, but it's exactly the type of shit that he does to, to make himself part of the story and then act like he doesn't want to be part of the story. And I'll tell you right. what, burning sage, trying to like get rid of the bad vibes and all that stuff. Listen, if you're a guy who needs to burn sage like everywhere, you go, the chances are you're the bad vibe guy. Like, the chances are you're the one bringing the bad vibes. If you feel you need to like make this place like a better vibe, like you're probably bringing the negative energy, buddy. And I, he, Kyrie just seems like that type of guy that, that he needs to do that at a lot of places that he that he goes. So, not surprised to see it. That being said. Banana Land move. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I've never seen that in my life. I'm, I've just never seen it. Well, Maybe. I, I, so we. I, this is a. This is where it gets a little bit uncomfortable for me with him because, like, he toes the line when it comes to. Charles like, Barkley know, said it best. But go on, Bobby. I, I didn't like what he said. Like the shut up. And I liked dribble, what like, he said. He didn't kinda, say shut up and dribble. He look, he didn't say up. that though. Yeah, that's different. I thought he essentially yeah. did at the end. That no, I mean, what he said was, have a cause and you have a thing to say for social justice or movement, say it. The rest of this stuff right. is just friggin' baloney that you just say to act like you're smarter than people. You're not. You're just a guy. But he's basically saying, the thing that makes you special is the fact that you do this. You're not on a different plane of like philosophical thinking is what he said. And you're right. It does toe the line because it is eerily reminiscent of the shut up and dribble shit that people were saying when they just wanted LeBron James, who was clearly... But what was that about? That was yeah, about something else, John. That was about when LeBron James different. was speaking out. Exactly. Yeah, right. He was speaking out about politics and things like that, and people didn't like that. What Kyrie's completely doing is... Different. Yeah, exactly. What Kyrie's doing is, you know, putting himself on a pedestal, belittling others, um, you know, just being a... Yeah, and a I, I, think, I think he's... And calling himself, and calling himself an quote-unquote Art artist. And pawns. Like, and what yeah, Charles Barkley like? Listen, man, shut up and play basketball. Like, that doesn't mean like don't speak your mind on like social justice. It just means like stop coming off as like this like holier than thou human being. Like, and that's we're where just I'm trying with to you talk guys. Basketball here. 
I'm with you guys on he he warrants criticism, and that's what drove me crazy about the media thing. Like you're, it's not that you don't want to talk to the media. Like I don't care about that aspect of it. It's the thinking that he's above criticism, whereas other teammates and other people in the room have to go out and answer questions after games about bad plays and what's going on in the room and everything else. This looked strange to me at first, but once I heard the whole story that he actually did this before the Brooklyn game at home in his first preseason game, and this does make sense when it comes to his Native American heritage and what he's been ramping up on that side of things. Like, I'm just not in this mode where I'm going to criticize Kyrie for every single thing he does. And the outrage online was just like through the roof. Like, why is he burning sage in a building? They should throw him out the door. Like, this makes sense to me. Like, not everything Kyrie does forevermore is Let bad because this. he loves Nobody's it. angry. It's Bobby, just, it's just there's fun. lots of people in the world who have a lot of traditions in their lives and different things. And when I show up to work, I don't do those things. Like, he's never done it before. He doesn't do it all the time. Why now? What changed? What are you doing? What are we doing? Like, well, I think I, this is fairly really like, recent. I, there's lots of stuff I like to do. I just don't do it everywhere, you know? Like... <laughs> Right, like, this is, sir, this this is, is a, a Wendy's. Like, can you just order and, like, keep it moving? This is a fairly recent discovery from, too. So, I, like, I just think there's some room for nuance here. Like, we've gone what, so far. Would you do that with a bunch of freaking, like, eight-year-olds in the front row there, like, coughing and wheezing? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair point. But there you wasn't. Know, and that's like, the you can do this because you're in an empty building and it's a look-at-me sort of thing. But it's not, like, this thing that's going to be so important to him that he's going to, like, insist I have to do this religious might, freedom. might. Do this every night. It might be the new LeBron uh, powder clap before the game in the empty building. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Let, let, I was just going to say, I was just going to compare it somewhat to LeBron's thing, but LeBron's thing, like, it's at least somewhat practically puts the powder on his hands. He uses it for the game. Like, Kyrie Irving is bringing in some, like, whatever tradition you want to say, Native American or, you know, Hocus Pocus, whatever you want to call it, Burning Sage. Uh, clearly it's good for him. You know, maybe he does it before every game and we, we just notice it because, you know, the cameras were running because it was his return or whatever. But the point is, like, it's just he always wants to do something to make something about him, but then make you feel like an idiot for bringing it up or talking about it. So that, that that's one of my pet peeves with him. And what I thought what Charles Bradley said was completely fine. It was not out of bounds. It was not towing the line of anything. He's saying, hey, listen, man, like, Stop acting like you're Mozart or you're Michelangelo. Like, you're a basketball player. That's not to say, like, you're less of a human being. But, like, you know, we're talking about basketball in most cases here. Like, you don't – this isn't a blank canvas and you're painting the court, like, with a paintbrush. Like, you're playing basketball. You're an athlete. That's great that you are. You're one of the best in, the, in, in all of the world. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, like, let's talk basketball. Barkley said – we're not teachers. You dribble a basketball. Stop acting like you're the smartest person in the world. Felt a little belittling. That's how he comes off. That's how he comes off, yeah. though. You don't think he comes off as, as he's belittling people? Have you ever called someone a pawn before? Have you referred to anything you do in your life art? <laughs> anything. Hey, whatever, you're, uh, whatever you're good I have at. I have my art degree. That's it. This isn't, this isn't belittling his talent. He's freaking incredible at what he does but like how pretentious do you have to be to refer to anything in the world that you do as your art you know as if it's not actually art you're playing a game it's fun and you're good at it that's great art pawns <laughs> sage 
Like, what are we doing? Where? What level of lunacy have we ascended to? There's a similar level of lunacy. Where, to, where do you draw the line? There's a similar level of lunacy to think that that sage was going to burn down TD Garden, though, the way people no, were talking no, about it. Right line, actually. <laughs> Nobody actually was upset about yeah. that. I mean, I'm Italian. Am I going to have That's a, a violation. That's, that's <laughs> a Call the fire marshal. I'm going to have the Feast of St. Anthony come rolling through the TD Garden because yeah, I'm an Italian. Right I, I, you know, I'm Marco Bellinelli. Is, is, like, what is, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, like John said, like, you show up and you go to work. Like, we're trying to play a basketball game here, man. Like, it's it's not that serious. That's where I think yeah, it borders. Tatum, if, I, if, if I'm Jason Tatum, if I was that kind of leader, and hopefully he is, or maybe he'll bring this up at least to a few of his teammates. But, like, hey, he did that before the game. He went off on us. So did Kevin Durant. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. They all hugged him. They were all hugging him before the game. If I'm Jason Tatum, I'm going to tell my teammates that because everyone else is going to be like, I don't think they're going. I don't think they're the kind of teammates that going to look at Jason Tatum and be like, why? Why do you talk to that guy? I don't think that's the case. But I think it's obviously a level of respect. But if I'm Tatum, I'm turning around and saying, hey, I respect this guy. But at the same time, we need to. Next time he comes here, we need to show him how good we really are. All right, this is preseason. Next time, we'll see. We'll see what what kind of team he'll see. Here at TD Garden, like you have to use it as motivation. I, I don't think what he did was disrespectful, but it's just like I think John no. Hill said it's just boring. Like I'm not entertained right now, it's and, and nor nor do I think this motivates his teammates. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is Kyrie trying to be the leader that he thinks everyone else wants him to be. I don't. I, it's, I don't know. it's not. It's not disrespectful. It's just. It's just as simple as you come off as a douche, like way more than you should, man. And it's like it's it's really not more serious than that. Like if you just feel like just you know be normal i guess if i mean if, if there's such thing as being normal but like just come off less like entitled and like high and mighty and like people might actually like not tr try to look to criticize you so much i think you all can criticize said, him looked, for some, i think you can criticize him for some things and i think this moment in the barkley moment went a little bit over the top to where this guy can just be blasted for anything and everything he does at this point especially for like you know from our perspectives it's going to be easy. It's always going to be easy forevermore. I know, after what but that's did. the thing is you're not telling a guy to be quiet and keep your opinions to themselves. You're just – Barkley was just saying don't be such a douche. That's that's, that's all he was saying. That's you know? And honestly, that's a good life lesson in anything in life. Anybody like, watching, like, don't be such a douche. Get over yourself. That's all that he was saying. Hold away because Charles has spoken out about a lot of political stuff. You know, it, Obviously, he's not one to tell – uh, uh, an athlete that you can't speak up politically about things. I just, I just think obviously Kyrie's approach is a little different than we're accustomed to seeing, you know, past athletes in the past right. address political issues. Well, it's a different kind of statement too. I mean, people like this, this one really rings differently to me too. And it is a recent development with him, the whole native American heritage. He did the F Thanksgiving thing before. That was, that was two years ago. That's not that long ago. Th three, mm -hmm. I think. Two. Anyway, we got Kyrie Irving. We got the Kyrie Irving PR team on, on the call with us. No, today. I'm just I, I've never been I, I, since day one in his league. I've said this guy's overrated. So I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan in the world. I just think sometimes we go to the extreme with this criticism of him. Oh, but listen, I mean, on the court tonight, he spoke. He, he made a statement in its own right. Like exactly, he, he's back. He's yeah, fresh. He's healthy. He yeah, I was true. gonna. Oh shoot. <laughs> there goes Jimmy. Uh, so yeah, I was gonna say are. we spent all this time talking about Kyrie before we spent all this time talking about Kyrie before the game. But like, if we talk, if we just, if you know, put all that nonsense aside, <laughs> and like, he had a great game.
he had a great game. And like, and we were just talking about how good the Nets look. Well, it's because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant look like they haven't really missed a step, right? I mean, and that's what we said. Like, the Nets are obviously going to be a very, really, really hard team to beat if those two guys are playing up to their capabilities. And, yes, it's only two preseason games. But, I mean, if they can stay healthy, I don't know how the Celtics – Are you guys in on one or two seed now? Uh, Well, so what I will absolutely eat, you know – eat my words on was the Durant. skepticism that Durant coming off an Achilles is yeah. automatically going to look like old Kevin Durant. I, I don't know in terms of explosive athleticism, but every other part of his game looked exactly like Kevin Durant. Like he just shoots up and over people, his quick release. He just, he's just so comfortable and aware of where he is at all times, you know, and you know what gets to me, not, not gets to me, but this is where it's always going to, you you see a game like this and you watch Jason Tatum and you watch Kevin Durant and you see the gulf between them. Okay. In terms of their games, it's pretty yeah. substantial. And again, but not to keep unfair. referencing ESPN's top 100, but if Durant is like a nine, 10, eight, seven, eight, nine player and, and Tatum is 11, that looks like a, again, a much bigger gulf between those two where Tatum looks like a guy who can score and, and, and not anywhere near the level of like a Durant type of player. The last time he was on the court, he was one to me, one or two. So we'll see how far he falls oh, off sure. from that. If, but, and that's the thing is, again, it's not fair. Where we're going to get stuck here is this whole Jason Tatum, he's still developing. Absolutely. But if Jason Tatum doesn't become close to Kevin Durant, the Celtics are going nowhere. Like he doesn't have to be Kevin Durant or Pete oh, Kevin yeah. Durant. He has to be a top five or six player in the league for the Celtics to have a chance with this with this group of people. I I Durant's game tonight and what surprised me most because I expected him to come back Ten with years. some fire offensively. Defensively tonight, the double block on Tyson's side, rotating in the middle and just shutting down the paint the way he did. He got blew by a few times on the perimeter, but they were kind of playing a pseudo zone in that third. Defensively, he's already ahead of where I expected too. So like this is this is a massive development. If he is right, I don't even think the Bucks can touch them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's legit. I mean, we're, it's it's unfair though, John, to compare the two. Obviously, I mean, Durant's thirty ten years now, apart. You said. Wait, league, why is it unfair? Because there are different stages in their careers. I it mean, doesn't Durant, matter. Judge, That's fair. It absolutely does matter because you're comparing Jason Tatum at his, at this point in his career to Kevin Durant at his point in his career. And you're skipping the part that Durant's been in the league 10 years longer, including the what, prime years of his career. I think what you can do, though, is go back to Durant's 2012. Look at what he did there. Durant was the a I guess champion. you want to just like, compare yeah, numbers, too. but, I mean, every situation is is different. I mean, Durant's playing with Westbrook and Harden. Um, you know, then he goes over and wins a championship. He's playing with amazing players in Golden State. I mean, this guy's had a lot of great teammates over yeah, his career. Yeah, so was Tatum. Sure, but he's he's had those great team, teammates at age nineteen and I'm twenty. I'm just saying eye test only. Okay, that's all. Sure, uh, and I agree. He's not. He's nowhere near where Durant. He's he hasn't touched where Durant's peak has was right. But but he's got to get he's, there. He's got to get. He's not get. If he doesn't get there, he's got to get. He has to get somewhere close for the Celtics to. Like I said, is Jason Tatum you, has to be a top five, six, seven player in the league for the Celtics team to to be a contender. And that's agree, that's. 
Durant's the, like a five, six, seven all. He might go down as a five, six, seven all. Time absolutely, it's it's a very tough comparison. But when you look at his size, his his ability to shoot uh, from 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 a bunch of sure. different places, they are similar. Absolutely. His defense, his profile, that he's a score first, shoot first guy, yep. a lot of pull ups. That's who he's trying to be when he grows up. I I agree with John on the point that there's a gulf between them, and that's not bold at all. Like, There's definitely a massive jump between what Tatum needs to do to get to that point, and people talk about that. I mean, we have Goodman on the network all the time putting him in the Hall of Fame and saying he's definitively top 10 and all those other things. I've been a little more uh, back on him because there's certain aspects of his game that if John, as he wants to see – him become the number one player on this team and be able to lead them to a top two, three seed in this conference. He needs to be able to get on the ball, be the ball, lead ball handler every single play and control this offense. And what you see these last two nights is he's nowhere close. He can jump on and off the ball, string together some great possessions and the playoffs was a bold statement in that regard that he's getting closer to that point, but still like, even if he just starts to do that a little more this year, that'll be a success for him. And it's nowhere close to him being this ball dominant LeBron James, Kevin Durant player. Like he can have a very successful year without getting to that point. And like the, the Kevin Durant, LeBron James point is just so far away in that regard that I think it's almost unrealistic to think he can approach that this year, especially without the relief around him. Now he might go through a trial by fire, have some really big lows early this year and come out better on the other side for it. But the way I look at it, these first two games, it's going to be like smart on the ball, Brown on the ball a little bit. Like the way the system runs, it's never going to be Tatum on there all the time. And that's what it needs to be. Yeah, I think Brad Stevens, though, he, he can tweak the system enough for I mean, we've seen him do that before, right? But I think where you get the extra points is, is continuing to see Tatum attack the rim, get to the free throw line. I mean, he oh, had they to not do that at all. They start this Durant, that's how Durant became such a big scorer. I mean, obviously, he progressed into a superstar, but before making that gigantic leap or the last leap he made in his career, it was getting to the free throw line. And I think Tatum's going to make that leap. I think that's realistic this year because he has to. There's no Kemba Walker. Uh, Jalen Brown's going to have to figure things out. You know, I think he will, but I don't know exactly to what extent. I don't know if he's – I don't know if the Celtics can get to the NBA Finals or Eastern Conference Finals for that matter with Jalen as your bonafide number two. But then there's a big question mark looming over Kemba Walker. So I think that's why – you know, that's why John's talking about Tatum taking that leap and the Celtics need him to because, one, he has the resources to. It's not like there's someone out there grabbing his shots. I mean, the shots are there for him to take. It's really up to him and, and Brad Stevens to sort of figure this thing out. Or Tatum can be aggressive enough to take over when he feels like it. I think he did try to do that at some points throughout this game, but he just he's just figuring it out. And I do think that that's possible. He could be a top five guy. He could make another stride. Bobby, we asked you this question a year ago. I don't think you would have called this crazy because you didn't see what what he did before the All Star break last season. No, I always saw I always saw secondary passing for him. I never saw primary passing. I never thought he would be in the top ten conversation at the end of last season, but that's what that's what happened. People had that conversation during the off season, but it was brought up before the year finished because that was the leap he made. So I think there's another leap there. I just think the whole Jalen thing is it's a big part of of this this whole equation. You know, where where does Jalen fit? Is Jalen going to take that mantle because he has to? I think if he doesn't, I think Marcus Smart will do it for him. Uh, I think he's that kind of guy. He's that kind of competitor, and it's not more of an ego thing. It's more of a, hey, if you're not going to do it, I will. I'm not afraid to. Not to change the subject, but, John, I just saw in the comments, somebody said 
you guys never criticize Danny Ainge. This roster. <laughs> Can you imagine saying that? In, I mean, welcome to the first show, I guess. No, that was watched, the subject. Wow. I guess you've never wow. watched an episode of this if you say that we've never criticized Danny. I mean, we yeah, spent the we, last month and a half. We refer to uh, the two weeks after Gordon Hayward left. I believe we had about three shows fighting furiously about Danny Ainge. Now, it's true. Bobby's never criticized Danny Ainge. That's actually true. But yeah. people on this show have. Now, it's too early to criticize yet fully about this roster because we haven't actually had a regular season game yet. But trust me, if if, if criticizing is warranted, it will it will occur on this on this show because this roster will be safe. This roster in large part earned the earned the earned the right to be safe. I'm glad I'm glad you bring this up, Jimmy, because this is a good point out of tonight too. John opened it up saying that there were no positives tonight. And such a big reason for that is it feels like there's so many empty projects on the team at this point, down on the bottom tier of the roster. Like you th- you talk about semi Ojale and Carson Edwards and all those all those missed picks. Four A players this roster is an amalgamation of missed picks that have just wow. piled up and piled up and piled wow. up. Wow. Bobby said I thought, that word. I thought Neesmith was gonna save the day, Bobby. I thought Neesmith was the 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 three and D. Now no? those are the those are the last guys you should be looking at and criticizing on that. Like tonight, you know, two weeks into their I'm, NBA I'm career. Not, trust me, I'm but, just looking at what the team what that end of the bench looked like last year. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about Pritchard and Neesmith. No, and like they you they've know, shown they've shown some size. Like, what I thought. If we're being serious about the assessment so far against a Philadelphia and against a Brooklyn, who I think you're going to look back on when the season ends and say that was one of the best teams in the league, they're getting some sturdy competition out of the gate right now. And you go against a Philadelphia and get pretty good performances from those two rookies. I think you come out of the preseason feeling all right about them. Like, yeah, but Bobby, they're waiting for when the season starts, man. That's the thing. Like, if you're the Celtics, you're thinking about it like, man, the Bucks, the Nets, you know, the Nets again. Fair point. You know, these these (laughs) teams have have caught up, you know, so it's going to be tough. That record is not going to look great. I don't know if it's 500, you know, mid-January. I don't know. That schedule out of the gate is ferocious this year. And these recent seasons have been dictated by the starts. I I saw Ryan Bernadoni tweet about that after the game tonight. Uh, They're starting off against the Bucks, Nets, Pacers twice, Grizzlies, Pistons twice, Raptors, Wizards. What's that? Two and seven at the gate? I mean, come on. This, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm serious. Like that's a tough schedule, and that's to mention in February the West Coast trip. Have you seen that trip? How many cities are going to cover in a two week span? Is Kemba Walker going to be on that trip? And what kind of condition is going to be? Because this is early February we're talking about, where we're realistically, or at least the Celtics are praying, February will be the actual. You know, we'll see him in uniform as opposed to another update next month. Well, what I say, and I said this for a few weeks now, is get prepared for those struggles and don't overreact to them and just wait for this roster to get healthy. It's tough to over- it's tough to overcome a brutal start, which is in the cards, I guess, seeing how yeah. they've looked these first two days. But if they get by, if they're 500, if they just scrap away at this and just manage, there's light at the end of the tunnel there in Kemba and Tristan Thompson who – Again, substantial part of this team for me. He's going to start eventually, I think. He's going to really change the dynamic of that center position. And who knows? Maybe Romeo Langford charges out of that surgery. Oh, man. No, stop it. We're not talking side show yet. That's the saddest thing. The wing depth depth here is so bad. So, Hollinger, 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 go ahead, Jimmy. 
I want to finish one thing on the schedule because I, I hate looking too far ahead in schedules. But one thing we haven't even mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're pretty much every other day, right, for games? Yeah. When, when is their practice time? So the if first half of the season, it's more like a uh, two-game series, like baseball style, where they stay in the same city and play a team right. twice. There's a lot of those in the first half. And the second half is more uh, traveling where the cities are closer to each other, but it's like you know two games in, in five days or two two and four, and then they travel up. It's, it's, it gets so the whole first the whole the whole first half of the season is you're going pretty much every other day, maybe a back to back mixed in there. It looks like a back to back or times. two like, three. Yeah, you don't have you don't have two three days off in a row where you can like work on things and like get your you know guys back on the same page. Like it's kind of just like shotgun start here and like hold your breath and hope that these guys hope that these pieces kind of fall into place. And I it just doesn't know you, it's hard when you're two best players are, you know, 22, 23 years old, as opposed to like the Nets, we'll use them as, as an example because we just played them. Their two best players are, you know, long, long-term vets, all-star, perennial all-stars, Hall of Fame players, you know? So it's like, I think it's a lot easier for guys to sort of fall in line behind those two types of players. And you've got another veteran like DeAndre Jordan. These guys know what it takes to win. And I think guys can sort of fall in line behind them. Whereas like on the Celtics, You've got Kemba Walker kind of watching from the sidelines. You lost Gordon Hayward. You're you're kind of leaning on Marcus Smart and kind of some of the young guys to to lead the way here. And I don't know if if that's another you know uphill battle for this team. The ramp up's going to be substantial. And Stevens has said it. He's kind of mind. he he has mellowed those expectations for the first two months. So if you listen to the coach, they're not quite ready to go. Let and him so in. Let him in. Kind of, this is the yeah. kind of result you end up with here when you're, you know, not not quite approaching that full scale mark. So I'd be interested. I'm actually probably going to ask Brad next time we're on a presser, like, when do you expect to hit full speed? Is it a month? Is it a month and a half? Is it two months? Because they are so early in this process. Like it tonight looked like they just stepped on the court and it was day one of training camp. And they rolled the balls out there and did the best they could. That was the kind of game they had tonight. Yeah. And, you know, when you're injured as they are, when you're as young as they are, what do you do? Do you look toward Danny Ainge? Do you look toward uh, the training staff? I don't like, it's just, they're in a bad spot right now, roster wise. And it's a lot of the stuff we talked about over the off season. Uh, it's some bad luck while well, in Tristan Thompson's case. So it's going to be tough here. Uh, now it is preseason. How many guys just actually start throttling when we get into these early games? I guess we're going to actually have to see a real game first to kind of judge this mm -hmm. team for real, but the early returns aren't great. Nope. Garden Report is brought to you by Legends. Looking for a great holiday gift for your husband, boyfriend, son? Looking for new brands? Well, try the Legends brand, one of the best brands out there for men's athletic apparel based in Los Angeles. The products are high quality. All the performance features that you would expect as an athlete, a style and comfort that makes for all day wear. You've got the Hawthorne Tech hoodies for joggers. Perfect fit, won't break the bank. A lot of top athletic brands charging 100 or more for hoodies and sweats. Legends hoodies and joggers are 75 bucks. Okay, so once again, Legends brand. Go to legendsbrand.com backslash Horford. Use the code Horford20. Once again, legendsbrand.com backslash Horford. Use the promo code Horford20 to get 20% off on your next purchase. Do it today. Once again, legendsbrand.com backslash Horford. Promo code Horford20 for 20% off your next purchase. 
John, John is some other news? Speechless. John is speechless. He's he's sullen. He's downtrodden. He's just he can't no, believe that he has to cover it, this. It's one of those. Are people going to watch this show? We didn't even get to do the fun thing and make fun of Kyrie. You know, like it was such a non-factor. Like, sure, he did his weird stuff, but that's basically it. You know, like you go down by thirty-two. It make it right. makes it tougher to boo the they other. They went guys. down from the start. Exactly. I mean, when you when you get punked like that, I mean, I'm telling you what, if they lose like this on Christmas. I won't be doing the show because I'm going to be very heavily <laughs> drinking eggnog and other. Oh, eggnog's so good. Mm. So and they better show up on Christmas. You don't want to be embarrassed on Christmas Day with everybody in America watching. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you, you got to hope that a, it, it's a week from now. I mean, you don't have a whole lot of time to to you know get things going, but you just got to hope some you get some pride on the line. Once the regular season starts here, and they can, well, this is because you know Durant and Kyrie are going to be, you know, they're ready to go. They're ready to go, and they're going to they're going to destroy a lot more teams than Boston. So if you hold on to anything, then the Boston's not going to be the only team that they're up by thirty against this year. That team looks phenomenal, and you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know which direction, I don't know which direction you want to take this, John. But uh, they probably don't need James Harden, I guess. Like looking at how they look they don't right need now. James Harden. That's they the whole thing. Be better now than they would be with James. It's Harden. not only not needing James Harden. It's I like I said. Is I I don't think anybody wants James Harden. I I think like analysts are losing their mind. I think analysts are losing their minds. Like how does nobody want James Harden? And uh, you know, like nobody wants well, to give up anything real right now. Like if you have a controllable, you know, star player like a Simmons, like you don't want. I don't think Philly wants to do that. I think this is. I think all of this. I think all of it is Houston plants. Well, when the GM and it's easy to do, the GM comes out for Philadelphia and says, "We're not doing this." Let's see how they start. I'm lower on that team than most people. If they get off to a shaky start, all of a sudden that phone's going to be a lot more enticing to grab for them. The trick for Philadelphia, though, is that as we talk about some of the other suitors, they like Philadelphia probably doesn't have a strong feeling that they can keep them beyond two years. And you kind of need that to make a deal like that, especially when you have a Ben Simmons wrapped up for five years. So they're going to see what they have there. And you were right, John, like it just kind of was a call out to the wild saying we have suitors here. Is anyone going to step up to the plate and, you know, cross the and no one's fighting like between the fat thing that we talked about last week uh, the return, the contract, just the whole way he's handled this. It has definitely sunk his value, which, you know, probably didn't work out the way he wanted it to either. Well, they need uh, to trade hard, oh, trade yeah, hard yeah. before he, he eats himself out of the league. And I think he's becoming dangerously close based on the pictures that started to surface. So, um, listen, if Philly starts off abysmal, like what if Philly starts off the – we're talking about the Celtics struggling. What if Philly starts off 2-7 and seven or it's something? It's going to get tempting. Like that? A town That's like exactly that. That, that's what Houston is going to have to bank on. A team struggling out of the gates. Um, you know, a little little fear strikes the front off and says, you know what, this guy James Harden's available. We can pull the trigger on it right now and, you know, put a little shock into this season and maybe, you know, get something going here. I mean, that's kind of, I think, what Houston has to has to hope happens to a team like Philadelphia. You know, because I can totally see that happening. If Philadelphia stumbles out of the gates and you know how it is in Philly, everyone's going to, the the you know the rumblings are going to start and the fans are going to get restless and all of a sudden everyone's going to be demanding James Harden you know and and see you later Simmons or or whatever even might not be the right move but it might be something that they feel like they have to do.
Either way, I'll tell you what. The rumors already circulating around Philly. Oh, I can't hear Joe Sway. Can you guys? I got him. All right. I'll dip out. I can't hear. So go ahead, Joe Sway. We heard you. No, I, I just don't get how Toronto just at least, I mean, pick up the phone. I mean, I, I, I guess. I guess I'm way, maybe I'm weighing too much of playoff performance I saw from Pascal Siak. Maybe that's what it is, and, and obviously that, that was that's unfair. You know, he went into that playoffs in a completely different role compared to playing alongside someone like Kawhi Leonard. So maybe that's unfair. But I mean, the the whole like seeing him put the, together the season that he put together and then selling that right now before he shows you that maybe he can't do that again. Like jump on this or maybe put pair him. Well, that's that's why we're at a stalemate here. Different like, directions you can go with this. I mean, Toronto has options. You know, you can send. Oh, you know, OG, you know, or you could you could pair uh, Lowry. I mean, this just I think they have the pieces to in the end get it done. It's just one of those things where like maybe they're the team that applies pressure for a team like Philly to jump in. I, that's, I think that's why that's, we're at a that's stalemate. Probably, that's like, probably what, what might happen with a team like Toronto. If no one's offering their premium asset now, and that's what Pascal Siakam still is for them, why would anybody? Like, you know, we'll get creative. Everyone's trying to get it on the cheap. We'll pull in a third team. You know, we'll give you OG or one of our lesser guys here. We'll give you, uh, you know, Fred Van Fleet's contract. But Pascal Siakam's off the table. And that's another team. We know how Toronto is. Like, the media will sit here and say, oh, they're probably going to dip off this year. But they believe very much that the team they have this year is going to be competitive in the East and as good as anyone. Uh, they lost a few pieces, but the core is still intact. So they're in no rush to do this either. Like, you know, John, are we at a spot where a Charlotte or a Sacramento or like a team like that's just going to come out and be like, all right, let's do it. No one else wants them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. I know. The whole, That's where the thing. And you know what? It, it, the Harden thing. I watched. I watched the post game interview, or it was the interview with the media. I'm still Harden. waiting for Kyrie's comments. Has he talked yet? <laughs> I was looking for that too. I, I haven't seen anything. The blackout is resumed. <laughs> is he not talking? He no, I don't talk, know. Right? I don't know. No, he's gonna talk. He's a uh, Boston kid. He- that's my thing. If he doesn't talk about it, then it's like, all right, what are you doing? Like, why are you guys making a big deal out of it? It's gonna be, it's gonna be a media problem. You realize? Hey, I want to, I want to read. All right, yeah, yeah, no, we're talking Harden, so I'll, I'll stick to Harden. But the thing, the thing, the thing that I noticed about Harden was, so the media asked Harden all about why wouldn't you, why didn't you show up to camp on time? Why were you in, you know, Vegas or wherever he was? And oh, Tim camp? McMahon killed him. You know. Do you think it's a distraction? This, that, the other thing. It's like this is not gonna go away. It never has ever ended well for anybody involved when when this becomes like the talking point of of your team. I mean, the season is just underway, and this is what you're dealing with. It's really not fair to his teammates, especially. So it feels like he could end up stuck there for the season, and the way it's going because they like they That's have. That's what to I was saying. I think it's very yeah, possible. John said. And yeah, you know man. what? They like once they finally reel him in, and like I said, he can shed all that fat pretty quickly. We've seen it before with him. Things can end up all right there. Once like the noise ends and the deadline passes and some of the other pieces fit in the place there, their team's not too bad. I respect the coach there, what he's done in Dallas. So like this could eventually simmer down, but these first few weeks are gonna be tough, Jimmy. You're right. And again, know, how you start's important. You you hear about that the, that culture that was going on in Houston? <laughs> hey, well, they made the West Finals with it a couple of times. 
Yo, if that's if, if that's all facts, <laughs> I don't, if there's no exaggerating in that, man, like how could someone oh, even? But that's what scares me. Is like, is that the future of the NBA? Like a player can have that much control over an organization. Man, that's scary, guys. The 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 weeks that have passed there have been so perplexing and out of control, and just the well, biggest. Tell, tell people what we're talking about, you know, like you know, what I'm talking about right? the report saying that he. Uh, he would control when if, if he wanted to stay in a city an extra day if the team needed to stay or he wanted That's to stay crazy. in the city that night they would stay an extra night and if the schedule the travel schedule went around his you know comfort level or whatever like that's incredible and, and there's no way you can say that bobby because someone like john wall or whoever any other newcomer are going to be like this is ridiculous I don't, how do you buy into something like that so quickly too well, it's not stunning from the guy who reportedly pushed for that Russell Westbrook trade, and that was no minor move, especially for a guy who was only a couple of years from free agency. I mean, they, they mortgaged the future on Russell Westbrook just to dump a good player in Chris Paul. It's going to go down as one of the worst trades ever. Terrible. It was a, it was a poor, <laughs> Terrible. poor point for that, oh for that franchise. God. Oh, it's not fun to be. I have a good friend who's a Rockets fan, and I have, I have felt bad for him these last Why few Why would weeks. you feel bad for them? What have they, what have they done to deserve your, your sympathy? Oh, it's just a brutal situation. <laughs> it's as bad as – Yeah, screw them. Maybe for blowing a 3-1 lead, but that's about it. <laughs> Who cares? I got Kyrie Sage coming in a minute, guys. Uh, uh, comment on it. Bobby, throw up, throw up the lower third on Kyrie Sage. Yeah, John, John, I didn't get, I didn't get any uh, reaction from, from my, my, my idea. No, come on, blame Which it on one? the Sage. Blame it on the Sage for a thumbnail. I the love blame it on the blame Sage. It on the yes, I love that. That you, should, you, you actually that. should take that to Nick Gelso. Right, I'm, I'm playing this right now. Ready? Here we go. Here's our here's our guy. Before the game, the maybe the abalone shell it looked like in the sage. Mm -hmm. Is that a standing rock tradition, or is there something else to that for you? Uh, is my first question. It just comes from uh, you know a lot of native tribes being able to sage, just cleanse uh, the energy, uh, you know, make sure that we're all balanced. Um, and when we come into this job and we come to this place, it's not anything that I don't do at home that I did today. You know, I saged last game, um, and, I, and I plan to sage. I <laughs> game if the opposing team would allow me to. Um, but literally, it's just more or less for us to stay connected and for us to feel great about going to work and feeling safe and provided for for my from our ancestors. I'm not going to bring too much of the spirituality into basketball, but um, yeah, it's it's Here part of my native culture um, and where I'm from. And then secondly, with new energy and cleansed, how was it being back in Boston and playing there for the first time since you left? It's like going another day at the job, honestly. You know, I'm grateful to be able to have relationships uh, with a lot of these guys still still here, um, guys that aren't here still. And, you know, at the end of the day, we went to war together, you know, and I respect all those young men down there. Um, went to you know, war together? We were, you know, we're just you bowed down. Going in a business where, uh, we want to do what makes us happy. And, you know, to see Jason get better, to see Jalen get better, to see these guys mature and be in the positions that they're in, I'm nothing but Gave proud up. of them. To see other guys be be happy, you know, that's all I could want. So coming here is easy, man. Performing here is easy, Malika. Performing here is easy. Basketball is the easy part. It's just the external stuff beforehand that gets a little uh, – All right, enough. So, look. Oh, my God. Here's oh the problem. God. Look. Who went to war? 
but just to be fair, it's really difficult to criticize somebody for doing anything that has to do with their background or their heritage. So that's he my point. That's a tough. It's a tough thing to just sit there and say it. It all falls into flaky Kyrie doing stuff which draws attention to him, and then it comes down to whether or not you think it's. Then it comes where, down to whether you think it's genuine or not, you know. This, and that's where the debate lies. It's just hard for people to pass judgment because you don't know. It's hard. It, 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 it's recent. It's a new development. It, it puts you in a box. Th yeah. The only thing I, mean, I think he, I take exception to is him saying he went to war with with the, with these guys and so like, and you, you didn't can, go to war. You, you can criticize them for that, and you can criticize them for that. All you I said is like, sword down. But I just it's the conversations about the external stuff and all of that. You know what right. I mean? It's the external stuff that he created. It's it's that's the whole thing is like this. He 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 runs head first into this stuff and then says it's just the part of the game I don't want to deal with. And he invites yeah. it at every turn. And, the whole, yeah, right. Honestly, like everyone would be happy, myself included, and I'm sure 75% of the people in the chat, if Kyrie just stopped, like just did, just played basketball, did, spoke up every once in a while, posted something on Twitter did a little weird from here and there, but this, uh, I got to get by and I, the energy and this pit stuff around me and all of this stuff. It's just, and the bad vibes and tuning that out, everything, everything right. he says is like a subtweet of everything else around him. You know, like it's very on all of these forces that are keeping him down or doing whatever when, right. when it's not even an issue, you know, like just, right. I don't know. And I and I don't listen. I, I agree to on day one of media day. That's the day you just dude. None of these guys like talking to the media. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not their I, favorite thing to do. That didn't get into the job for this. They show up. They smile for these dumb pictures with the white backgrounds. They spin basketballs. They dribble around. They do it because it's part of the show. And they take pictures and people are there and you're friendly for a day. That's all you have to do. It's not hard. And then to make that issue on media day in the statement just draws senseless attention to them. Right. That's the thing. None of us are saying shut up and play basketball. Nobody cares. We're, not saying, we're, not, we're not saying that at all. Like, I, I, I want you to be personable. I love players who are personable and fun to cover and fun to watch. And, they're, and they like to, you know, you know, whatever they can cause drama or, or whatever they want to do. But like on the court is great. Like, I love that. But like, it's just when you're, when you're for lack of a better word, just a douchebag. Like, I don't care what job you are, or who you are. Like, just don't be that. And like, we'll all get along fine. I mean, yeah, and yet, this is how we'll find out what Kyrie's all about when the team is yeah. losing. Okay. That's what we'll find out. Bingo. Yeah, or any, or any human team. being for that matter. Right. But the the point. it's different with Kyrie though. Right. We, we saw that turn in Kyrie. Well, I forget exactly what game, but because they, they came out of the game playing really well that season when he first started in Boston. But we saw that turn, and we saw the ups and downs, yeah, too, yeah. the mood swings. Let's see how that pans out first. Let's see when this team starts to struggle or when things are going his way, how he uh, how he goes about it. Because right now, these are great. You know, he's on a new team. He's, he's healthy with his, with his sidekick. You know, they're off to a great start. So everything is great. This is the Kyrie that we saw in the beginning of the Boston years. It's the same one. Well, when you're as loaded as there, it's easier for things to go well, too. But that's the and thing, that's though. But Joe Sway's 100% right, Bobby. Like, if he, I mean, he's been in front-running. The, the Celtics should have been a front-running situation, you know, here. They didn't have Kevin well. Durant. He, he, I mean, still, that team was hard to mess up, okay? Yeah. And he did. And so, so that what you said, Joe Sway, I think holds for literally everybody in life. Like, it's easy to be a nice guy and to be to be generous when you're flush, you know, uh, and you know, 
buy drinks when you're friggin', you know, rolling in dough and blah, blah, blah. But how are you when you, nothing, when you lost your job, when nothing's going your way? Like, are you, are you helping people out? Are you still a good guy? Are you miserable, you know, all the time? Are you blaming other people for, for what's wrong with you? Like Kyrie is at his absolute worst when shit breaks down. And we've seen it, you know, countless times. And he set fire. I mean, even last year in Brooklyn, those guys, he doesn't get Durant to come this year. Those guys would have been like, oh, man, we can't do this again with this guy, you know? And he wasn't even out there for half the season, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and like, there's, there's so much stuff floating around him. And you, you have a point there for a guy who doesn't want much attention on him or wants to avoid the spotlight. So he says, like, there's a million things revolving around him that you have to balance in these conversations. And my only point, I'm not stepping my foot and into the Kyrie camp. Yeah, people in the chat are right here. The yeah, Kyrie fine. stuff is tired. He forces us to talk about him, and then we do, and then we hate ourselves for doing it. So well, let's listen. get back to the let's get back to the Celtics after Bobby wraps his point. Well, yeah, I want to say one more thing. I think you can just go down the line, little things like the same. You wanna you wanna the heritage or whatever is reason behind that. Sure, people who in the WNBA can just have a basket context about his leadership about his track record over the years he's warranted a criticism of anybody else and i still go back to the whole media thing with him if you're going to put stuff out there whether it's yourself or to people in the crowd with the microphones or however you're putting stuff out there people are going to find a way to talk about it and find a way to criticize yourself like it's criticism's never not going to be part of the job when you step into this like it's just it's going to be there when you want to be a star at this game and step into this media landscape and the whole project here it's just part of what you sign up for and for him to want to just step out of it and leave his teammates in there it kind of does reflect the leadership style that he's uh, taken up over the years like you know i'm above everything else and everybody else has to figure it out so like you know, it's a t- it's always a tough conversation with him because I think he is a good guy when it comes to his off the court. It's so much vitriol, and you see it here in the comments. You see it with how much we talk about him, and like that does stem from somewhere. Yeah. All right, Jim. If you want to put a ball on it, and, and again, I I do agree with the commenters here. The Kyrie stuff Fine. is tired. I hate talking about it. Like I said, is it just? Well, but listen. anyway. Go- Go ahead. We're only talk. We're talking about him because the Celtics played the Nets. So everyone needs to just deal with it, and we're going to talk about yeah. him on Christmas too. So that's it. We won't talk about him other than that. But I will say a couple couple points on Kyrie. One, for him to say basketball is the easy part, and oh, we went to war when I was on the Celtics, dude. If basketball is the easy part, then where the hell were you when you're on the Celtics? Because you shot like three for twenty in the playoffs. You didn't show up. You went out with an injury. You failed the organization. So don't sit there and say, oh, basketball is the easy part. It's the outside stuff that really bothers, you know, that really is gets, gets on me or whatever. It's like, dude, it's not that simple for you. Because if it was, the Celtics would have gone to the NBA Finals and maybe won a championship. Second of all, this may or may not be possible. But if Kyrie's saying, oh, like, the stage is, brings good vibes to the team and, like, it makes us all feel good, if I'm an opposing team, I might, you know, maybe, like, the venue, maybe the arena sends out a notice, like, you know, no pyro, no pyrotechnics, no smoke. Nothing can be, you know, no, no stage if they want to say that. Well, that's nothing can be, happen. can be going off in the arena pregame, during the game, post game. Uh, you know, if I'm an opposing team, I may be thinking about that because why am I trying to let the opposing team have good vibes coming into, coming into, <laughs> you know, the arena? I'm not trying to do that. If, and, and that's all. What would Red have done? That's, 
to me. Exact, exactly, Bobby. And then that's all in good, all in good, clean, you know, part of the game right there. That's not any, getting in the way of anyone's religion or background or anything. That's just, hey, we're trying to beat you guys. You're trying to beat us. This is how it's going to have to happen. I hate, I hate, I hate seeing him and Jason Tatum get buddy buddy. Me too. Oh, I didn't see, I didn't see anything with Jalen Brown. I didn't see Jalen Brown and Kyrie. Huggins. No, I, I, think, happen, like, I, didn't see I, I think they did. I, th- I thought I saw them. I might be wrong, but they were the buddy buddy before the game was. It was like a bear hug between Tatum and Kyrie. Like it oh, was. God, Dookie's <laughs> John. You know, yeah, you, tough. you can't. Danny Ainge even got in on the action. Really. I thought that was the biggest like back and forth I've ever seen in my life. Danny Did he give him a clack in the hallway? <laughs> Unbelievable on the court, like chatting it up on the court. I was like Danny Ainge and Kyrie Irving. You, both of you are lying your teeth right now. So just go yeah. your separate ways. All right, let's switch back to the Celtics here. We talked about the first unit. Here's Brad. Um, I want to get I want to get to Brad talking about uh, uh, just how things have been going so far. Here's a little post game uh, uh, snippet from him. We'll know more on Wednesday, Mark. Like, you know, obviously we'll, we haven't played well um, in, you know, the majority of these two games. And certainly our, our first group has not played well. Um, or the, you know, just generally the guys that are going to play the share of the minutes. Um, so we're going to have to make sure we get a lot better um, and get ready for Wednesday. We've got a really good team, Milwaukee, coming in. And at the same time, these games are exhibition games for a reason. So we'll learn from Okay. Uh, first unit not playing. Uh, well, we know that. Let's let's just move ahead to this is it. <laughs> Two game preseason. No Tristan Thompson, the jewel of your off season. Um, uh, so that one's interesting. He, he's had a. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, you know, Jimmy, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that every single time, right? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, ramped, he's ramped things up big time in the last Ooh, few days. So I can't wait. So he could be back some nice. Oh, he's Maybe ramping it up next week. I hear he's, um, <laughs> I hear he's dining with Chloe downtown. Now, okay. That's exciting. Yeah, so, geez, you made it. it uh, what's, what's, give so, me some answers in the office. What are we to expect different? Okay, when when they play Milwaukee defense. That's where you got to start. Like you got to be able to pile up some stops here. Uh, you know, use your system effectively, scheme it up as we know the Celtics can. And the personnel is absolutely effectively. Like you're starting a unit that is three big wings, Marcus Smart and Daniel Tice. You should be able to be your top five, ten defensive self with that unit out there and get your transition game going off that. Like all the offensive concerns we talked about tonight should not be an issue once you get your defense out there. Generally the same guys who played together last year. So it's not like you're setting anything up cohesion wise out there on that end of the floor. Tonight was tough. Like you were going against a load of a team offensively. So to get blown up the way they did offensively doesn't concern me too much. Uh, but Milwaukee uh, and the teams that follow, you got to be better defensively than they were tonight. Yeah, I'm not too concerned defensively. I mean, yeah, I know it's a preseason. I, I didn't like the way they looked on defense, but there were parts of the game where I'm like, okay, this team, I can see them being able to put it together to start the season. Offensively, again, I, I'm going to keep saying this for a while, guys. I, I just don't see how this team, especially against a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, the starting lineup, I don't know if we'll see the same. Maybe, maybe we could see Javante back in there. I'd maybe keep it. Grant, maybe put Grant in there. And I'm a Javante guy. I just like Javante for his I, athleticism. Has Brad given it? Second unit alongside someone like Jeff T, the only guy who can score for you off the bench. So you, you has, have to have him. Has Grant given a, a, a reason why? 
No, he's just a body, to use your phrase. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say I mean, it. Right. Maybe, maybe you'll get more out of him this way because he's giving you nothing in that second year. Here's my only thought. you get more out of him, maybe. Just in terms of trying to simulate what you had last year, uh, Jalen now becomes Gordon and Javante becomes Jalen, so to speak, you know, where, you know, you're going to ask Jalen to do more things with the ball in his hands and Javante might just be the athlete transition, you know, and he fits. I don't know, though. His dribble, it's It's not, but he fits the unit maybe better than uh, someone like Semi or Grant where they they just, maybe, I don't know. I, I, maybe not. Maybe maybe it's still with Tristan out. He's just saving Grant for for second unit, uh, you know, big man. Well, maybe you know? maybe Shemi. Well, the reason I say Grant is because of what he can do from the outside a bit, right? I think you get a lot of open looks there. And one person that another person got open looks th- uh, tonight, and I thought someone who's starting to knock them down and showing more confidence year after year is my my guy Daniel Tice. You know, I, I know he wasn't great defensively. He was fouling everyone that was in front of him, but on offense. When he was found down low, he can hit that, you know, 12-footer that we know that he can he hit. Solid. And I'm not saying get the guy ISOs, but I think you, you get a lot more open looks with those guys. And, and if he takes nine, ten shots as opposed to what he took, four or five today, I mean, you have to get points here and there. There has to be a well-balanced attack here. You know, I don't know if Jason Tatum having to score 30-plus every night is going to be the formula to win every single game, especially against well, a what team is- like Milwaukee Bucks. You need a more ba- well-balanced attack. You need to spread it around a bit. That's the thing. Would it shock you? It would not shock me at all if after watching this, these two games <laughs> with the starters looking as bad as they've looked and the and the hopeless bench, if they came out and just friggin' lit it up from you know from from all over and and ha- like the starters, it wouldn't, it wouldn't stun me if they came out and just were like, okay, now we're gonna play. Well, I mean, they, even they, in the they, bubble, Jalen said, Jalen said like. It was hard getting up for some of these, you know. That's always remember how poor they were in the preseason bubble games in the in the in the the the, the, before they started. Yeah, and they were like, "I can't pretend this is real," you know. Like, I don't know. I I, you wonder whether part of it's kind of like we're really no defensive defensively, especially like you can chalk it up to that to some degree. Of course, the offensive issues I think represent. Uh, problems that we foresaw with this team. So you take those a little bit more seriously. I, I like Joe Sway's point. You probably try everything over this next couple of weeks, mixing and matching lineups. And I think the one thing Grant actually could provide is some spacing in a way Javante couldn't. Grant's actually shown to be a good three-point shooter. And I think you have to capitalize on guys who are getting lost a little bit in that uh, bench unit. They went more full bench than you probably would in these regular season games, and Grant got a little bit lost. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like T got involved as he would be probably mixing in with the starters there. The so goal would be to start Neesmith, though, right? <laughs> I'm yeah, not kidding. Comments loaded. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Ultimately, that's where you want to get to, right? Yeah, but that's like way down the road. Yeah, I know. I but mean, that's, like, that's what you yeah. want. That's what you want, right? Yeah. I'd say so. You probably want to stay three wings out there. I you just want three I, wings, and you want a guy who can score. You know, like and I, then is Grant that backup center? I guess. I mean, he's the only. When we're joking about maybe Romeo comes back, like I, I don't know what kind of stock to put in Romeo, but you really want it to be Romeo or Neesmith in that starting lineup as a third wing. <laughs> the you, reason you drafted those guys is Hayward. That's, why, and so that's what you want. That ball, yeah, right. that's what you want to have happen. Everything else sucks. It sucks. 
It does. The Grant is a terrible option. Javante is a terrible option. Grant's not a terrible option. Yeah, playing but... Tyson oh, Tristan oh, as, a, as a starter. Playing Tyson Tristan is a terrible option. You know, like <laughs> it, it, together. You that's what you want. I think you'd love to get it there. You just don't know whether those guys are going to be capable. But that's what you want. That's going to be an X factor for the season. Who steps up in that wing group? Has to be. Could even semi ojale finally work out of no. the you know, woodwork here. No. Like, no, you just gotta you gotta get something. Like, you gotta, right. Jimmy's, Jimmy's, Jimmy's gotta go. We're going on too long. Uh <laughs> we'll wrap, we're gonna do something again before right. we get to Wednesday. Quick final oh, thoughts, Josue. Quick. Anything else? Oh, no, I'm I have final say, thoughts too. I think the the to, to your point what you said earlier about you know the, the the that's a bad lineup or whatever. I think he's getting creative against these teams because he has to. You know, I don't think you're going to see the same formula or the same approach uh, when they're not playing those top three teams that I have in mind: the Bucks, the Nets, and I'm putting the Heat in there, guys. Those are the three teams I think where it's going to get really really difficult for the Celtics. I, I do still like their chances against the likes of most of the rest of the Eastern Conference. I don't think Brad's going to get that desperate. So when John, when you talked about those nights where you think like somehow maybe maybe the game open the season opener is when you'll see the Celtics come out and that starting five would just be on point and, and scoring at a high level. I think you'll see that more often against the other teams. I, I don't know. I think out of the gate. They're going to struggle against these elite teams because the continuity for those guys are on a whole different level, a whole and different not level team, yeah. in comparison to the Celtics. Right now, the Celtics are just – I don't want to say they're in shambles, but just the chemistry is just way, way off. Way now off. That, that I don't agree with. Nick Blue, this echoes my this echoes my final thought if I were to share one. By game five of the regular season, we're going to be dying for Danny to use that trade. John, yeah, you're yeah, going to – some bumps? You got to wait. Yeah, man. that's that thing it, you know, John's going to trade for Eric Gordon. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jimmy, you got anything? That's not a terrible. Yeah. So game. before, before uh, we got on the show, I, I tweeted every, everybody on my account and I said, what are your thoughts on the Celtics heading into the regular season? I got a few responses that I want to give you guys and, and I'll end it with my favorite one. So I got one that said gross, <laughs> one that said garbage, one that said couldn't possibly feel worse. I got a few other longer ones that was basically just summarized by like terrible and my favorite one from the scale of bobby to john i'm definitely leaning john so that, <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you right off the bat where a lot of these yeah. people are heading <laughs> yep. it goes bobby josue jimmy john but i want to be fair okay it's fair <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, just defending myself here, believe I call it how I see it. In the playoffs, mm -hmm. I was saying, I can play the homer card too. When the playoffs, Jimmy and I were like, There's, we're going to sweep, they're going to sweep Toronto. They're a bunch of bums, you know? Oh, we put yeah. there. You're right. If what I see looks a certain way, I'll say so. So in the playoffs, I thought they were going to hum past yep. Toronto, no problem, you know? They should and, have. Be in a seven-game series. This just looks bad. It's hard to not. And I mean, like I said, the concerns heading into the season—not to be all doomsday—but I think it would be more foolish to think everything is fine than to be genuinely concerned. It doesn't mean it's not going to work out. It's just insane to have Kemba be hurt. Absolutely no wing depth. Depth. Romeo late to the party. Tristan late to the party. And having lost Gordon Hayward and think like no big deal. Like of course it's a big deal. It's it's it's. It's it's crazy to think it's not. 
Your two right. best ball handlers, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, you lost a lot right now, right? The ball handling is exactly right. Those you know, two very bad ball handlers, Shimmer Walker and Hayward. Yeah, people I, literally true. like like the the highlight of Celtics fans offseason for a lot of Celtics fans was literally Danny Ainge not trading for for Turner. That was like the highlight. That was like Danny Ainge's best move for a lot of Celtics fans. So that's explained. That 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 again, the, the, my point all along. Tristan is coming, coming, Bobby. He, and that's the point. You're not your full version of yourself yet. The key is going to be how you survive. I'm dying guy. to see him on the court, Bobby. I, I, I am get, too. I want to see like another him. professional basketball player out there who isn't one of these friggin' who the hell was that in the second and, in the Kem, and Kem is not out for the season. We don't have to do that whole thing, but you got to get to that point. You got to get there comfortably or at least intact where you can, you know, still latch on the playoffs. But let's face it, if it gets down to that point where they're at the bottom of the conference and they're just trying to kind of stay in that playoff range, you just got to survive and get in and be there healthy at the end. And then, you know, there's not going to be fans in the crowd. It's probably not going to be a typical postseason. Who like who knows how the season's going to go with everything going around around it so you just got to survive not get covid get healthy by the end of the year and you're probably going to be in a decent spot okay that's the key all of us just try to hopefully the celtics will have the fewest amount of guys with covid and that's going to be the key (laughs) that could be a very substantial advantage that's the key to that two seed that bobby's so certain they've got locked down bobby can we redo your power rankings tonight (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's wait let's wait till tuesday i don't want to do that by the way by the way bobby if they get out if they come out the gate as slow as we're all predicting, I know, a four, Tatum, you know? if, if Tatum gets like COVID or something, don't be like, oh no, this season's a wash now. But no, no, like even if they're on pace to be a a, a fifth seed at best or fourth seed mm-hmm. at best, you, I mean, it is. You can't what it use is. COVID as an excuse. Yeah. Even if it yeah. wasn't Tatum, you'd, you'd probably yeah. say yeah. test. Can't use a pandemic. <laughs> we'll we'll do that when we get there. I assume. Yeah. Hey, what if the Celtics? Celtics players needed to get COVID in that off-season window. If they didn't, then shame on them because now... Well, we don't know. That's another thing here. Like they kidding, obviously, everybody. (laughs) What was it? 58 players got COVID? So there's a chance someone on the roster here got it. Well, we know Marcus Smart did. Well, yeah, long, no, I mean, like, coming in the training camp, 58 players in the league tested positive. So, like, odds are one player on this roster came down with it and that can have an effect. Like we'll never know. Uh, maybe later. Well, taco was actually out tonight uh, with an eye thing. So actually, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't know who the hell. I don't was think, it, was ta- I don't think it could be. Taco. Yeah. How did anyone? <laughs> taco, know, right? this thing is like, <laughs> Taco's like head is above everyone. Like, I don't think you could like, it, might have been there an airborne, 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 but it's not. There. It's true though. Like someone jumps up to block a shot, the highest they can get is his eye. You know, so they just just kind of swipe at it. That was yeah, basically. Yeah, what happened? That's a you great question. More what, free what happened? Uh, he walked into a tree. I don't know. I oh, like. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's a good way to call John, it. John, you got John. You you got final word or what? No, my final word was the. No, the final word, I already kind of said it. We, it's just we just, there's a ton of reason to be concerned, but I also want to see a whole team or closer to it. I, I honestly desperately want to see Tristan Thompson because it's a competitive basketball player 
who can do things for you that you're you're lacking. It's not going to solve a lot of the problems that they have. I think a lot of people are underrating how much he's going to help. It doesn't make the offense better, but I also think they're going to shoot better. I, 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 my final thought, or like my, we'll do this when we do our bold predictions. But one of mine is going to be that Marcus Smart is going to be everybody's least favorite Celtic before this year is over, instead of their favorite. Um, and we talked about this a little <laughs> bit. But I'm pretty worried. I'm pretty worried about that. You guys it's got like, to that point in the anymore, John. It's like 60-40. They're against them now. I get there very fast. Okay, it doesn't take long to get me. You there. already got there in the East Finals. Yeah. No, I'm saying the people out there are 60-40. Maybe it's still 50-50, but it was split down the middle all off season. I would say that's interesting. You're right. He's really polarizing. I think it's going to tip. He. I hey, think he's going to drive away. Because it's not right now, it's getting worse. He's great when he gets to just be him, and you don't rely on him to do other things. When you rely on him to do other things, that I don't know what he's doing with the passing. It's absurd. But that's the thing: his brain falls out of his head so often at critical times where you're like, "Ah, you know, like he makes bad turnovers at the worst time." all the time takes unnecessary risks with passes reaches in on a dumb foul like he he does that a ton and then he makes up for it with like one ridiculous like i've never seen any human do this before sort of play and everybody forgets about it but some of that stuff is mind-blowing you know i do i know it all too well all right wednesday opening night i'm not giving up on him yet though i'm not giving up on the subject yet although although it's I am very. I'm a lot closer than I want it to be before game one. I love that comment, by the way. Closer, closer to John than Bobby. I like the two, the <laughs> yeah. two ends of the spectrum. I could Absolutely. be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, are you more John or we'll Bobby? Have, we'll have let's no. Get, we're let's gonna get have Nick like, on that. We're gonna have like we're gonna have to do, and I'm gonna have if Nick Jelso's still watching, he has to make this graphic. It's like a meter, and like John's on like the far end. <laughs> like, and that'll Bobby, be a film like tomorrow. Me and Joe Sway. And it's like, where you are think, you on the Celtics the like, meter? Yeah. <laughs> you think he's not making it right now? You're crazy. <laughs> he he's literally he going to text, text all of us on the chain within minutes. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, how's his look? Yeah. And then you, have, you better tell Please him. Stop texting like, me. You have to tell him that you like it right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those thumbs have become my favorite part of the show. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, everything is bad. But doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. That's the way. Hey, there's, there's zero and zero. Remember yeah. that. Everything was bad, but clean Everything slate. is bad. Yep. Clean Everything slate. Everything is bad. We're good. But that's it. We don't but have we to talk about Kyrie being weird or kooky till Christmas. Also, we'll, I mean, for one second, very soon. we don't even have to comment on <laughs> this, but we don't have to talk about this either anymore. Oh, <laughs> thank God we don't have to talk about this. Yeah. It'll be all right, though. Thoughts and prayers, Gordo. You could play oh. connect the dots with Gordon Hayward's injuries, and it would just like form his body. Oh, we forgot the top. Well, forget it. It's just a finger, but it wasn't the least surprising thing in the world. No, yeah. it wasn't. All right, all right, guys. We'll wrap it up. Thanks for Joe Sway, Jimmy. <laughs> we'll, we'll see everybody. We'll see everybody um, after the season opener, or what? We, we might do a preview before that. When is it? Was it okay. Wednesday? Wednesday? Yeah, we got a few days. We might do we might do something Monday, so we'll let you guys know. Okay. Uh, we might be back Monday for a season preview. We'll do some bold predictions, some superlatives, uh, a few different things there, um, and we might solicit some questions. Uh, cool. Ask you guys where you, where you stand on the meter with some things, the panic meter early in the season. But until then, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for watching. <laughs>